I have a question for you. What are you doing to support women to leadership positions in your organisation? From all of the work I have done with both individuals and organisations, I have compiled my learnings on this issue in my new guide, 15 Ways to Support Women in Leadership. You can download it for free at happieratwork.ie forward slash resources. The guide addresses not only the individual responsibility of us as women looking to get to those leadership positions, but also the challenge of creating a supportive environment. A reminder of that address, happieratwork.ie forward slash resources. You're listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. Through a combination of solo episodes and interviews with some incredible guests, we bring you the insights and practical tips to create happier working environments for you and your teams. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend or a colleague and leaving a rating or review on your favorite platform. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm so thrilled that you decided to tune in today. Today's episode is another solo episode. It's also another listener question and I absolutely love receiving listener questions. So if you have a burning question that you would like answered on the show, do feel free to reach out to me directly. You'll get me on Efa at happieratwork.ie or look up the website happieratwork.ie and you will find all of the links there that you can connect with me over social media. Whether it's a question relating to workplace culture, whether it's something I've talked about previously on the show, whether it's something that's really bothering you at the moment, do feel free to reach out to me and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Now, back to the topic of today's show and the person who reached out to me had a question specifically relating to the journey into entrepreneurship. So she currently works in corporate and she was wondering about the journey that I took to become an entrepreneur. And for anyone who doesn't know or doesn't really know my background or my story, you can listen to the previous episode, 101, uh, part of a special episode series around episode 100 to celebrate the fact that I had reached 100 episodes. But in that episode, I am interviewed by Cahill Quinlan all about my own career journey. Now, I don't go into a huge amount of detail in relation to entrepreneurship and what I've been doing since then. It's more talking about my my corporate journey and and what I did and a little bit of the personal side to me as well. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely go and check that one out. The topic of entrepreneurship is not something I've touched on on the podcast in the past, but I think it's actually really, it's a really important topic. I do actually get asked about it quite often. I, I think it applies to quite a few people. So whether it's in the back of your mind that maybe one day you become an entrepreneur, maybe it's something that you're thinking about for the future, or maybe it's something that you're thinking about immediately, that it's something that you're really seriously considering. It's also worth bearing in mind that in case you haven't noticed, most organisations have some sort of a pyramid shape to them. So not to say that it's a pyramid scheme, but, you know, how likely is it that you're going to reach the top of that pyramid? So I think that's another reason why people consider it. Also, entrepreneurship gives a huge amount of flexibility. And in addition to that, I, and this is, you know, something I've experienced myself, but something that I've seen out there in the market that it's much harder to find roles as you get older, again, could be related to that pyramid shape that we're seeing in organisations. In fact, I'm working with two people at the moment on specifically this topic. So they're both looking to transition out of that corporate life 
and set up their own businesses. And we are working together on that. Again, if it's something that you're interested in, do feel free to reach out to me directly. Specifically for today's episode, I'm going to talk about the why of entrepreneurship. So I've touched on a little bit of that already. I'm also going to talk about the reality. So what's it really like being an entrepreneur? So the perception that we have or the reasons that we set up in business in the first place versus the day to day experience of actually running your own business. I'm going to talk about marketing and selling money and pricing and then some considerations to get started if it is something that you're interested in pursuing. So back to this idea of the why of entrepreneurship and oftentimes we set up in business and I know I did this myself because I wanted the freedom and the flexibility and I have I was sort of in a situation where I was fed up at work. I didn't necessarily want to set up in business. In fact, I left my job without anything else to go to. I hadn't intended to set up in business, but I went on to study. I did a coaching diploma, a coaching certificate, and I did a master's in organizational behavior. And it was while I was doing the master's that I decided to set up in business because I saw this opportunity with how people were being treated at work, the culture around work, And it's still my goal to find a way to match people with organisations. And I have so many ideas around how to do that. And I think sometimes this is what what I struggle with is picking the one thing that that I'm really interested in, but that people are interested in paying for as well. I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but but that is my own journey. I wasn't intending to set up my own business at all. I wasn't intending to be an entrepreneur, but I kind of I got into it because I saw that there was an opportunity and it was something I really cared deeply about. And I think oftentimes when people set up in business, it's because they see an opportunity and they care about something deeply. Another lore, I think, And maybe a myth surrounding being an entrepreneur or running your own business is being able to choose which clients you work with. And I know certainly coming from that client service agency type of background, which is my background and the kind of clients that sometimes we worked with were maybe not the type of clients that you would choose to work with if you were given the choice. Now, that's not always necessarily the case. And I'll I'll kind of touch on that a little bit more. Now, when I go on to talk about the reality, so the reality is that when you're starting out in business, you're kind of saying yes to a lot of things that you might not necessarily say yes to clients that you might not necessarily say yes to if you had other options or if you had more money in the bank, for example. So sometimes we say yes to things, even though it's not necessarily aligned with exactly what it is that you want to do, uh, certainly when you're starting out and you're trying to get some more money in the bank. Another area to consider around the realities is that oftentimes when you want that flexibility and you want that freedom, we end up working way more hours than ever. Certainly for me, I have to really watch myself because it's something I'm so passionate about and I enjoy doing so much that I work so many extra hours doing it. But it means I'm working longer hours than I ever did when I was in corporate. So when you're going after this freedom and flexibility, something to bear in mind is having really clear boundaries around when you work and when you don't work. On the flip side of that, 
because I have been working from home, people just assume that I'm available at all hours during the day. For example, someone has uh, suggested that we meet up in the next couple of weeks during the day, a non-business related meeting. And while it's brilliant to be able to do that, if I have the flexibility, sometimes it annoys me if people assume that I'm just available all the time because I'm working at home. And I think people got that when we were working uh, remotely during COVID. I think people started to understand a little bit more. I'm not just sitting at home waiting for people to get in touch so that I can meet up during the day. But that is one of the really great benefits of that flexibility is that you can do those things if you are available. Moving on to marketing and selling then. So when you first start working as an entrepreneur and and probably still now, and I might add as an aside that most people I talk to who are entrepreneurs still don't feel like they have everything figured out. So it's an evolution and things will change constantly. So if you're looking for something stable, maybe entrepreneurship is not for you. But back to this idea of marketing and selling and At its core, running a business means that you have to have clients. And in order to get clients, you need to put yourself out there. You need to understand what your clients need. You need to deliver on those expectations to your clients and build a really great customer experience. Now, if I think back to my own time, we always had people who were responsible for the selling. So, for example, I would be working on a contract that had already been signed with a client And we renewed it on a a yearly basis or every two years or every three years, depending on what client it was. And it was my responsibility to upsell on that client then. So at the time of renewal, increasing the prices, upselling on additional services that we had in the business. But it always came with a big brand name behind it because I always worked in big global organizations with the brand name really well known in the industry. When you're working as an entrepreneur, I think the first thing people realize is that what you're selling, you don't have a big brand name associated with it. You have all of the skills and experience that you've built up over the years in your career, but you don't necessarily have that brand name to back it up. So it can feel like when you're going out to sell stuff and market yourself that you're marketing yourself, that it's not that you're marketing your services, but you're really marketing yourself. And when clients say no and You can be left feeling like it's a personal attack or it's a personal insult because you find it difficult to separate what you do versus who you are. Over the last four years, I have had loads of experience of rejection and it still stings. You know, it's hard to separate, I think, what you're doing and what you're delivering, especially when you pin your hopes on something. If you've had a really fantastic conversation with someone and then they say no Or you have a really fantastic conversation and then you just never hear from them again, which happens a lot, by the way. I think it's the dating world of ghosting coming into the business world, which is extremely frustrating. In my own naivety, when I was setting up in business, I neglected to consider the amount of time it would take to actually get clients. So building in that time into your week, especially if you work in an organization where you already have clients and you're servicing those clients or it's not your primary responsibility to go out and get new business, you need to factor that into the amount of time that you spend in your business every week. So there's the talking to clients, but then there's the marketing yourself and bringing in people who want to talk to you in your business as well. As I mentioned, not everyone is going to say no. So you need to factor that time in as well. So what if only 30% of the people you speak to actually end up working with you? How long is it going to take you before you can build up enough steam enough clients to be able to have a viable business. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm in the lucky position that for all the people who say no to me, there are more than enough people who say yes to want to work with me. So not every business is like that. And that's definitely something worth considering as well, if it's something that you're looking to do longer term. So moving on then to money and pricing. And I think this is probably the bugbear of a lot of people. And I'll just be honest and say most people haven't got a clue when it comes to pricing. You can put a price on the value you think you bring to an organisation. They may perceive it differently and they may think that it's overpriced. And you may bring exactly the same proposition to another organisation and they think that you're undercharging and that you should be charging more. It really is in the perception of the value that, that you can add to the clients that you're working with. I say organisation because I mostly work with organisations. I do work with some individuals, but it's mostly with organisations. And again, being honest, because that's where most of the money is and that's where my background is. So my background is in servicing clients in corporate roles. And I found that when I first started out in business working with individuals, I had really underestimated the value that I could bring and underestimated my own capabilities. So I quickly shifted to moving with organisations where I knew I could add much more value and I could earn the money that I needed to earn to have a sustainable business. I would say one of the big shockers that people quickly realise when they move from a corporate role into running their own business is the lack of steady income. So if you think about the income that you have on a regular basis, and I'm thinking back to the income that I used to have on a regular basis when I worked in corporate, it's really, it gives you that kind of secure feeling of, the, I know that there's money coming in at the end of the month, or in my case, it was usually paid in the middle of the month. But when you work for yourself, there's no guarantee of that income. So it all depends on, you know, what I was talking about of having that pipeline of clients, people you're speaking to, and maybe something won't come in that you're kind of hoping would. There may be some months where you don't earn any money at all, that you're waiting for stuff. And I know certainly in a lot of the corporate clients that I deal with, the lead time for getting clients and, and getting things over the line tends to be a lot longer than if you're working with smaller businesses, with entrepreneurs or with individuals who have the ability to essentially say yes straight away and to pay you straight away. Whereas with corporate, it can take a little bit longer or maybe the project doesn't need to start immediately and it won't start for a little while. So that is something else to be aware of, that you're you're not necessarily, well, you're certainly not guaranteed that stable income that you would have had in back in the, the corporate days, let's say. And what happens when you go on holidays? If your business relies on you being there in the business to deliver something to someone, then when you're when you take holidays, you don't necessarily get paid for that time. And again, another thing with boundaries, and I'm just coming back from a lovely seven day break in Sligo in the west of Ireland, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. But I admittedly, I brought my laptop with me and I had to dip in and out of emails and I had to solve some kind of tricky issues, some thorny issues that were happening with my clients while I was on holidays, which is not an ideal scenario. So I'm looking as my business grows, how can I take myself out of the business and how can I ensure that my business runs when I'm not necessarily there to run it? Before I go on to talk about some of the key considerations before you get started, I did want to mention that there are often times when most entrepreneurs, certainly myself included and other people that I talk to, consider going back to a full time job 
because sometimes it just gets too much. Sometimes it gets too hard. It's, it feels too risky that you're not necessarily having that guaranteed income, that it's not coming on a regular basis. And it would be so much easier to go back. And I and I have seen people now they haven't made huge announcements about it, but I have noticed some people who were previously, you know, in, in networks for entrepreneurs have now taken whether it's only part time or whether it's full time, but they have gone back to to roles of being employed. So it's not necessarily for everyone. And even if from the outside you think that someone has, you know, has it all together or is really successful, if you scratch under the surface, maybe there's a different story going on. One of the ladies in my network, just to to quote her, she often says, I'm giving it all up to get a job in Aldi. So for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what Aldi is, Aldi is one of the German supermarkets and it's quite popular here in Ireland. So she would give it all up and go and get a job in Aldi because it's just easier and at least she's guaranteed an income that way. So getting started as an entrepreneur and some of the considerations. So first of all, I would say around the financial. So as I mentioned, you're not necessarily guaranteed that income. So for sure, I would make sure that you have savings, that you have at least a year, a year's worth that you can live off comfortably for the first year of your venture. Now, I may backtrack that and say, actually, if you could spend time building up your business on the side while you're still working in corporate, that would be the ideal scenario. That's what I didn't do. And that's what I have learned from that the ideal scenario would be to actually have something built up on the side. Whereas I was unemployed for a year trying to work out what what I was going to do, went off and I studied and I learned more stuff. And then I started in business, which brought its own benefits because there are some supports available from the government to help you to make that transition as well. On the other side of that, definitely look into any grants or supports that are available in your area. So they could be from the government. They could be from some small agencies as well that that are there to support people with setting up in business. Definitely something to consider. Also look at growing your network. So this is something that's so, so important. What groups exist out there that you can be part of, that you can reach out to, because they are the people who will lift you up when you're having a bad day. They are the people who will tell it to you straight. They're the people you can have a laugh with. They're the people who will recommend you to do business with. So they are the people who will mention your name when you're not there. Think about what skills you actually have and what you're bringing to the table. What are you actually selling? Are you the product? And Is what you're doing scalable? So is it something that the more time you do, the more money you're going to make, but eventually you're going to reach the threshold of the amount of time you can put into the business and therefore you've you've sort of plateaued in the amount of income that you can make from your business. So something else worth considering how to scale it effectively. Another challenge that I have found, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs have found this as well, is the level of autonomy. So if you've listened to me talking about my research in the past, one of our basic needs as humans, one of our basic psychological needs is this need for autonomy, which means a sense of choice and control over what we do and and how we do it. And sometimes that's a huge thing that's missing in organisations, especially when I hear things about, you know, people are being mandated back to the office that takes away our sense of choice and control. With entrepreneurship, it's the opposite problem. So it's too far in the other direction. And sometimes you don't necessarily have the guidance that you need. 
So it's really important to find a mentor or a coach or someone who can really help you to protect you from the shiny object syndrome or keep you on track or keep you accountable to doing what it is that you say that you're going to do. Because when we're left with too much autonomy, when, you know, we can feel like we're a little bit rudderless, we can feel like we're lacking in direction a little bit and and everything becomes important. And there's there's another really important thing as well in relation to prioritization. So you need to be really good at prioritizing what needs to be done. And the things that need to be done in a business are the things that make you money because otherwise it's an expensive hobby. Otherwise, you're just scrolling on social media for absolutely, you know, for no reason whatsoever. It's focusing on those things that are actually going to make you money. So what is going to make you money in the business and prioritize those things That is it for this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little kind of look into what life as an entrepreneur is like. And do let me know, do interact on social media. When you see me posting about this episode, I would love to know what you think. Was it enlightening for you? Was it something that you already knew? There's some things that maybe you hadn't considered before that now you're aware of and you're thinking twice or maybe it's something that sounds really exciting for you. I'd absolutely love to know. As always, do feel free to connect with me, happieratwork.ie and I will be posting about this episode on social media and I'd love to get your comments either directly or commenting on the social media posts. That was another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. And if you've made it this far, well done you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to today's episode. If you did enjoy it, please consider leaving a rating, a review or share it with a friend. I would love for you to get involved in the conversation. And also, if you'd like to know more about how I can help you or your business, head on over to happieratwork.ie. 